Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I hate to break it. You're not the same as anyone here. But we can take it. I'm sure the brown around all we clear. I've got a feeling we are on to something here. Francis White, and this is Global Pillage, the comedy panel show in which we pillage the globe for all the ridiculous riddles, ludicrous lies, and strange superstitions of the human race. This is a show in which we examine all the ways in which human beings daily distract themselves from the fact that we're going to die. Please welcome the physical embodiment of this, the human Rubik's Cubes that are comedians! (laughs) On my right, playing for the Quindians... Paul Sinha and Manu Brueggemann. And on my left, playing for Maharani's Sindhu V and Athena Kableno. So, first of all, Manu Brueggemann, how are you diverse? I am officially exotic because even on my way here, a black lady at the coffee shop insisted on knowing where I'm from. And when I told her I'm Native American, she got so excited, she did a hula dance. (laughs) (laughs) Only to be joined by her white male colleague, who then tried to do a haka. (laughs) (laughs) I am also gay as a rainbow at Pride, I hold a European passport, and I'm adopted. Hey! I'm going to high-five you for adopted, because that's the only bingo card point I've got there. You were raised in Luxembourg, is that Um, correct? Yeah, Luxembourg. And you're an academic? I'm trying to do my PhD. And what's your PhD in? Uh, Look at how a lack of diversity in software engineering makes bad software. Oh, Oh, people have enjoyed that. I don't think I've ever been that concise in my life before. Is that your PhD in six words? Yes, exactly. By the way, I'm adopted as well, so let's have a high five there. Yeah. Not really very diverse anymore, is it? It's like 50%. It's true. It's true. 
Uh, and Manu, you work with reindeer handlers? Yeah, I did in the past project with indigenous people, the indigenous people of Europe, the Sami. And now I try and work with the Rainbow Noir group, which is a queer people of color group in Manchester. So if you know anybody in Manchester who happens to be a person of color who's queer, send them over. Um, Great, and that leads us on to Paul Sinha. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are you in Manchester, Paul? I soon will be. Um... <laughs> Because uh, there's a group with your name on it. It, it, um, it, would, it would appear that way, yes. I'm diverse because I'm, let me see, a gay West Bengali atheist Hindu professional quizzer, qualified doctor, living with his part Jewish boyfriend, but very much open to offers. <laughs> <laughs> OK, and uh, why are you called the Quindians? It's a portmanteau, a combination of two smaller words to make one bigger word. And the words are queer, for obvious reasons, and Indians, because we're both varieties of Indians. Oh, so, so they are the Quindians. Oh, brilliant. Oh, very interesting, because, of course... Are there any Native Americans that still like being called Indians? Is that still a... It's not really a thing, no. It's not really a thing, so it, it's only a thing for global pillage. Exactly. So await the tweets. <laughs> um, uh, Maharani's, how are you diverse? Athena Kableno. My dad is from Ghana. My mum is from Guyana, her parents are from India, and I have a birthmark on my body that is in the shape of South America. <laughs> and you're from South America, aren't you, Manu? Yeah. <gasps> and you're adopted! You found your sister! <laughs> this is amazing! And Cindy V, how are you, diverse? First of all, can I just say the Indian representation on this panel right now is awesome. <laughs> Awesome, yeah. right? So I'm diverse, I'm Indian, I'm a woman, I, that's diverse. And um, here's the thing, I'm the only, well, I think, I'm pretty sure, I'm the only kid that uh, had a name, was an Indian name, but because of the very specific nature of my name, Sindhu, there's, a, there's one state in India, Tamil Nadu, where they would even get that as a name. We didn't live anywhere remotely close to that state. I lived up in the north. So my whole life, when I would say my name is Sindhu, every adult around me would say, no, no, what's your first name? Because there's a surname in India called Sandhu. And I would say, Sindhu. And they would say, no, your dad is Mr. Sandhu. What's your name? And so I started just changing my name a lot. What would you call yourself? Oh, anything. Like if I was with my friend Arti, I'd be like, oh, my name is Arti. I mean, it was just, when you're young, it's just easier. So I think I changed my name a lot as a child. And um, that's weird. That's a bit diverse. Mm. Um, no, not to say that diversity is weird. Oh my God, please cut that out. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> I just mean that that's very strange. Uh, and it's all right. Very... You're allowed to say diversity okay, good. is weird. Good. Uh, you're like literally the only person. Okay, good. So that's it. So like my name was, I tried to not have my name and I lied about my name on a regular basis as a child. And the only other really diverse thing I suppose I could say about myself is that between the ages of three and five, I wanted to be Nepalese. My ayah, the lady who raised me, she was Nepalese, and I spoke Nepalese. And my dad traveled a lot. My mother was busy, and my elder sister disliked me intensely. So I thought that, <laughs> she, she just did. I thought that Amma and I worked for this family, because I spent all my time with her. <laughs> now, I don't know if you know how Nepalese people look. They don't look like South Indians. <laughs> so it used to, I had this big black afro, and I was much darker, and she was this tiny little Nepalese lady, and I used to be like, I don't look like my mom, it's terrible. This is a very happy story, actually, because <laughs> I used to say... Are you also adopted? No, <laughs> but it's getting there. But it's getting there, because once I said to her, I used to call my parent, my mom, Mem Sahib, which means madam. Uh, and no one bothered to correct me, because I was the youngest kid at home, no one really cared what I was saying. Um, so, anyway, and I used to always want to be Nepalese, it was my big thing. 
Then I figured out well, it wasn't Nepalese, and that I actually you really should to. be on Graham Norton more than this show because no. you've got so many good stories. No, but that's very diverse, isn't it? To yeah, just completely. To not want you're to be still able to not beating Manu. I'm really sorry. No, 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 no. He's, he's genuinely diverse. I've just got weird shit happen to me a lot. <laughs> right, have you said why you called Maharani's? Because it means empress, and we are the empresses. Ah, you're the queens. Mm-hmm. I'm Deborah Francis White, and I'm diverse because I'm the only white person on this panel. <laughs> Uh, my father actually wanted to call me Snow, so I'd be Snow White. And my mother overruled him. I've been resisting the urge this whole time. <laughs> Want to call you Snow. <laughs> and making sure all the jokes have the citations needed and dotting the eyes of the scores like Carol Vorderman in her heyday, it's Ned Sedgwick. Hello. making love to his tonic and gin, it's our piano man, Mark Hodge. <laughs> I love you, that's a Chicago reference. Ned Sedgwick, have you yes. had any global conversations lately? I'm so glad lately? you remembered this. <laughs> My brother's Australian friend asked him, after she'd just visited Oxford, whether she could at some point visit Oxbridge with him. Because oh. <laughs> she was like... All these politicians and famous people seem to have gone to Oxbridge, and I've been to Oxford. I'm going to Cambridge. Oh. Where is Oxbridge? Oh. So he put her on a train to Oxbridge, and I think that did the job. In every episode of Global Pillage, Mark Hodge creates a jingle based on an ancient traditional folk song that is resonant, beautiful, and out of copyright. Mark Hodge, <laughs> what is the folk song today? What's the origin? Well, I mean, this is a Peruvian traditional folk song. In this country, it's been adopted by the Catholic Church as a Gloria. It's called the Peruvian Gloria, but it's based on an ancient folk song. And it is a call and response song. So uniquely for this episode, I'm going to start it and the audience is going to finish it. I'll show you how it works. I'm going to go... What are the scores? What are the scores? And the audience, the hive mind, is going to go... What are the scores? Let's edge with... Okay. Can we do that? We just try it on. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, it's not the easiest tune for an audience <laughs> who's not a functioning choir, as far as I know. The audience Honestly, could just be a choir on a day trip out. I don't know. Do you hear them sing the theme tune? They're absolute musical geniuses. That's We've got so much talent in this room. Here we go. What are the stores? Arsenal are winning at the moment, but... <laughs> the first round is on happiness. All the teams get a chance to answer, but you get more points if you buzz in first with the correct answer. The hive mind gets a chance to answer after both teams of comedians have answered. Fingers on buzzers. In Bhutan, what are you encouraged to touch weekly to maintain your happiness? <laughs> Maharani's. It's not what you guys think it is, because you've got to do that daily. Right? <laughs> um, you... Oh, I don't know the answer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, a kitten. Some kind of statue, some kind of religious statue. A statue or a kitten? The Quindians. Have you got any idea at all? Uh, No, my best guess guess is Yak then. It's a mountainous Himalayan country. You have to find a yak and touch it weekly. (laughs) 
hive mind in Bhutan? What are you encouraged to touch weekly to maintain your happiness? Oh, do you mean weekly, W-E-A-K-L? No. <laughs> I mean, every week. This is not about squeezing the toothpaste. Um, what do you have to touch every week, hive mind, if you want to be happy? The peak of a mountain. The peak of a mountain. That would certainly make you fit. <laughs> Your toes? The house you were born in. The house you were born in. It's a poetical answer. <laughs> a bottle of alcohol? <laughs> You've not been to Bhutan, have you? <laughs> All right. So if you think it's the peak of a mountain, buzz now. Uh, if you think it's your toes, buzz now. House you were born in, buzz now. Bottle of alcohol, buzz now. Is um, it, can I also say, is it the feet of elders? The feet of elders. No, it isn't. It's a dead body. Uh, Ned, could you tell us more about this, please? Yeah, so in Bhutan, you're expected to think about mortality about five times a day in order to prepare for it. And the theory is basically, look, it's going to happen. And just the more you think about it and accept it, the more you can actually live the rest of your life in comfort without it eating away at the back of your mind. And to truly understand mortality, you've got to think about it a lot. And it's consistently ranked. It's one of the happiest nations in the world. So it works. How well, many people would have access to a dead body once a week, though? They have sky burials there, I think. You are allowed to go into, like, more... It's kind of implicit. You're allowed to go into a morgue and just be like, there we go, right, touched it. Let's go to the pub and drink our <laughs> weekly beer. Wow. I'm just a bit worried about the guy who's gone six days and 22 and a half hours and has forgotten to touch a dead body and lives nowhere near a morgue and and the steps he might take just to stay lucky. (laughs) He might touch a dead yak, Paul. Denmark is often ranked as one of the happiest places in the world. They also have the highest per capita consumption of what product? The Quindians. At the risk of sounding blindingly obvious, bacon. (laughs) Bacon, Okay. Beer. Beer? Milk. Milk. (laughs) Why milk? They're a very dairy kind of country, you know. We're Hindus. You don't get much more dairy than that. (laughs) No, no, but we don't produce... I mean, we're Hindus, but we don't make our cows do very much. They just stand around the road. (laughs) They just stand around the road and you say namaste to them and then you walk off. In Denmark, your cows are working for you, man. You say namaste to cows? All the time. Do you? Because I associate that very heavily with yoga. I have to find a cow when I'm in India every day at lunchtime to feed it before I can have lunch. What? <laughs> can I just say, that would have been a really good question for later in the quiz. No, but, but I mean, yeah. it's because it's gal puja, it's what you do. Really? And yeah. do you actually do that? You go and find a cow before you can have lunch? What if you're super busy and you've got a baby and you've got a thing and you've got to No, get I to have to because when I'm home in India, obviously I'm not doing anything because I'm on vacations. And mother's like, put yourself to use, go and find a cow and feed it. <laughs> I so love your story, Cindy. Hive fact. Hive mind. Denmark is often ranked as one of the happiest countries in the world. They also have the highest per capita consumption of what product? Heroin. Heroin. Herring. Oh, I thought you said herring. Herring. Okay. Cheese. Butter. Licorice. Chocolate. Licorice. Chocolate. High quality hair products. Define consumption, though. <laughs> That's probably true. Have you ever been to Copenhagen? How good looking everybody is in Copenhagen. Mm, they that, really do. Yeah, that is true. Six foot three and sort of. Stunning, stunning people use the hair gel. 
Could you just shout out, because there's lots of those there, so shout out the one you think it is. One, two, three. It is, in fact, antidepressants. (laughs) So they were. (laughs) Ned, could you tell us more about how you wrote this question and on what drug you wrote it? Um, This is all part of Higger, that traditional Danish custom of sitting around with the candles down, having a glass of wine and some Valium. Uh, no, it's not. Re- this is actually all of the Scandinavian countries are all, always ranked at the top of the happiest nations, along with Bhutan. But all of the Scandinavian countries all have some of the highest per capita antidepressant intake. Um, Interesting. Well, clearly, stuff. they work. What is the significance of breaking a glass in Jewish and Italian weddings? The Quindians. I think it's a reminder of the uh, temple where only the wailing wall is left over. And you break the glass to remind uh, the destruction of the temple. Okay. And remember, the round is about happiness. What is the significance <laughs> of breaking a glass? <laughs> Maharani's? Yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, for good luck. Yes, right. And that makes so good luck makes you happy. Like, what do you want? That's it. That's good luck. <laughs> okay, all right. The answer to the question is it's a custom. Uh, <laughs> Quindians, is that your final answer? Because um, I've told you it's wrong, so... <laughs> Why do they break a glass? I think in Italy, clumsy. they break a glass. <laughs> They're clumsy. What's that got to do with happiness? Well, it's quite fun to be clumsy, isn't it? Quite fun to be clumsy, <laughs> Every okay. day's an adventure. Maharani's. Like, when someone breaks a glass, everyone goes, Yay! Yeah. So it makes everybody happy, because weddings can be a bit long, so... Well, okay. Just, okay. I mean, it's just a bit of excitement. You, something could go wrong and it's fine. It'll be okay. It's Great. good luck. It's a custom, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hi. What is the significance of breaking glass in Jewish and Italian weddings? Yes. Is it to get the bad luck out of the way? Get the bad luck out of the way. Breaking evil eye. Breaking evil eye. To remind you in the greatest happiness, remember sorrow. To remind you in the greatest happiness, remember sorrow. Save on the washing up. Save on the washing up. Makes you happy not to have to do the washing up. Yeah. Okay. If you think it's get bad luck out of the way, buzz now. Um, breaking the evil eye, buzz now. If you think it's uh, save on the washing up, buzz now. Uh, or if you think it's remember in happy times to remember sorrow, buzz now. In fact, it's the number of pieces it breaks into represents how long you will be happily married for. What are you going? Oh, I knew that. Yeah. Why did you not say it? Because I forgot it. <laughs> uh, but you know it now. You've heard it. We all know it now. We've heard it. Ned. Yeah, so I think a lot of the evil eye and breaking stuff to get the bad luck comes from the Greek tradition of Mm. plate smashing, which is completely different to this one. I think a lot of Jewish people can be surprised that the Italians also have this tradition. And there is some thinking that it actually goes back to the Romans, where, of course, both peoples have very long lines descended Mm. from the Roman Empire. And it's the end of the round. (laughs) What are the scores? What are the scores? It's absolutely worked brilliantly. It's so creepy, though. It's so creepy. How did the audience sing that at you? What are the... Ned's going to have nightmares. What are the scores, Ned? Genuinely, it's it's one of the most peculiar moments of my life. Anyway, all three teams have no points. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot... 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The next round is everyone's favorite round. Idioms! What is the meaning of this foreign phrase which we have literally translated into English? Fingers on buzzers. Finish this Portuguese idiom. A dog bitten by a snake fears... Maharani's. No one. No one. A dog bitten by a snake fears no one. Quindians? A dog bitten by a snake fears... The rainworm? The rainworm. Yeah. Mm. A worm looks like a snake, mm-hmm. so once he's bitten by the snake, he fears anything that looks remotely like it. Okay. The mongoose. The mongoose? <laughs> Could you show us your workings there, Paul? Well, the mongoose conquers the snake, the snake conquers the dog, therefore the dog is fearful yeah, of the, the mongoose. mongoose. Okay, all right. And so that idiom could mean you fear your enemy's enemy. We have the right answer. Oh, do you? Yeah, it's, uh, it fears the grass. It's like once bitten, twice shy. Fears the grass, so it doesn't yeah. go back to that place anymore. Okay, exactly. hive mind. Finish this Portuguese idiom. A dog bitten by a snake fears... The snake. The snake? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the obvious answer. It almost doesn't need an idiom, does it, really, that? Uh, the pain of a snake bite. That, that idiom is basically bleeding obvious, isn't it? Anything else? String. String. Dying. Dying. <laughs> a dog bitten by a snake fears dying. Guess I'm going to die now. Uh, and his own tail. His own tail. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> they buzzed spontaneously for that one. If you're backing his own tail, buzz now. <laughs> All right. In fact, it's sausages. <laughs> but the idea of his own tail, or the worm, or the string, yeah. the idea is I'm right. I'm giving five points to the Quindians and five points for Maharani's because the kind of translation is once bitten, twice shy. The, the, you, the idea you, of the worm yeah, was the there. Yeah, the idea of the worm okay. was there. In Lithuania, they say, when the crayfish whistles, what are they referring to? It's not a crayfish, and you shouldn't eat it. <laughs> when the crayfish whistles, it's not a crayfish. Don't eat it, yeah. okay? Does that mean, like, never? Like when pigs fly? Oh. When pigs fly? Mm. Okay. Quindians? I've got anything for this. I, I think I heard somewhere that lobsters are supposed to whistle when you boil them, so maybe the food is ready? Ah, the food is ready. What he said. 
Okay. <laughs> All right. Hive mind. In Lithuania, they say, when the crayfish whistles, what do they mean? I have too much to drink. You've had too much to drink. <laughs> so you're drunk and you think the crayfish is whistling. You've picked the wrong mushrooms. You've picked the wrong mushrooms. Are you contributing that to the hive mind, Paul, or oh. is that for your team? Okay, well, give, that, give that to them. He doesn't think it's very good. <laughs> He's a world champion quiz guy and he's throwing it to you like a bone. It's boiling hot. It's too hot. If you think it's drunk, buzz now. Whistle now. Uh, if you think it's mushrooms, whistle now. And if you think it's boiling hot, whistle now. In fact, it is when pigs fly. Martha Rani oh. had it. It's like, ah, when the crayfish whistles, that'll happen. In Peru, if your friends suggested you make a pig, what would they be asking you for? <laughs> Quindian? Sex. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make a pig. Like the, the beast with two backs. Yeah, the pig with two backs. Yeah. Maharani's. Let's do something bad, something wrong. Although I don't think pigs are wrong, but you know, let's just do something crazy. Oh, but they're mischievous, aren't yeah, they? Let's they're, do all, they're all exactly. mischievous things. Mischievous let's, pigs. Yeah, let's go crazy. crazy. Let's yeah, go crazy. Let's get crazy. Okay, hive minds. Make a bet. A feast. A feast. A what party? Party. Let's have a kiki. Invest in something together. Invest in something together. Okay. So if you think it's make a bet, buzz now. Feast, buzz now. Party, buzz now. Invest in something, buzz now. It's really tricky because it's a combination of invest in something and have a party. It's when they're asking you to chip in cash for drinks. So we all put money in the middle and then we buy the drinks out of the pot. So it's a pool for drinks. It's basically, I guess, like a piggy bank. But I'm afraid I can't give points because it was too slapped down the middle. And I am harsh. Yeah, but, that's true. but fair, guys. It's so. true. And he won't put anything in your pig either. Yeah. Um, and it's the end of the round. What are the scores? What are the scores? <laughs> it's a bloody time. I love this so much. Can we have that every time? <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> In third place, surprisingly, it's a hive mind with no points. Oh, it's never happened before. But the Quindians and Maharani's are only ahead by five points. Mm. The next round is the teams round. A member of each team has come prepared with a question based on their cultural family background, finally making all that family pain and drama pay off. Audience, if one of you had a question for one of the teams, that would make the show format work. <laughs> Team one, the Quindians, do you have a question for the Maharanis? I shall hand you over to the man who's so diverse, he makes me look like Jacob Rees-Mogg. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The Alexander Hamilton Customs House in New York houses the National Museum of the Native American, uh, American Indian. It has two floors. The top floor is not a museum, the bottom one is empty. Why? The top floor is a normal museum. For it's Native always a normal museum, yeah. but the bottom Native floor Americans. is empty. Why? But the bottom floor is also the Museum of Native American, but it's empty. Maybe to represent what was really left of Native America after you know the uh, settlers were done. And then up there is all the stuff they kept. I really like that. That's beautiful. Um, Thank you. Is it correct, though? I'm afraid not. What no. is the answer? So the top floor, there are all the artifacts, and you can look at them, but the bottom floor is reserved for practices, so their tribes can go there and dance, because it's in a live culture, so that space gets used for... Yeah, Dancing, performances. singing, performances. Exactly. 
brilliant question, really brilliant question. And uh, you will get points because uh, Maharani's did not get the correct answer. Yeah. Maharani's, do you have a question that the hive mind can't guess so you can get some points of your own? Yes. In an Indian wedding, why sometimes does the bridegroom go home barefoot? If you've been to an Indian wedding, you can't answer. Oh, no. no, that is not how it works. <laughs> a quiz is, in fact, a series of questions to which somebody might know the answers, Hindu. <laughs> yes, there's somebody there? I think the bridesmaid steal his shoes. The bridesmaid steal his shoes. Is that correct? Ish. <laughs> okay, hive mind. It seems like you've got more there. What? What's that? The shoes held for ransom. Shoes held for ransom. They've sort of got it, okay. Sort of got it. Basically what happens is the bridegroom's shoes are stolen and then to get them back he has to give money to the sisters, brothers, whatever, of the bride. But what happens is they come prepared. So from his side, his cousins will bring several pairs of shoes. <laughs> so every time you take one, they give another one. And also it's a question of if he doesn't pay the amount you say, then he's cheap which is bad. Well, it's bad to seem cheap. I suppose it's fine if you are. No one knows. I don't know. So anyway, but uh, sometimes he does lose and he goes home barefoot, but it's very rare. Yeah, and we've lost that. Okay, thanks. That's good. You did it well. <laughs> How much money are they actually demanding, though? Are they demanding more than the price of a new pair of shoes? Oh, way more. Would like, they, way more. They... Like, painful. Like, the guy has to be like, no, I can't afford it. And he's like, okay. But then it looks so bad. And that's why they bring the extra... It's really painful. I mean, it's like one of the budgeting that you do at the wedding is, oh yeah, the shoe, the shoe ransom, the shoe ransom. You know what I mean? And then the cousins are told off by the girl's side for being so demanding. And so, I mean, it's literally how I made money as a child. <laughs> it just okay. was. So the hive mind gets some points there. Hive mind, do you have a question for Quindians? Yes, I'm from, uh, I'm from the US, but uh, in my part of the world, there is a delicacy called South Dakota oysters. And yet South Dakota is 2,000 miles or so from the sea. What are South Dakota oysters? They're a food delicacy that's not seafood-based in any way, shape, or form. A mushroom? No, it's it's, going to be somewhat obscure meat. Um, it's a, no offence here, madam, but I'm just picturing a fairly backward people living, <laughs> living it's mostly on their... Way, Paul, I think you've suddenly imagined yourself in jonglers on a Saturday <laughs> night, not in our lovely community base. We've spent ages building this community up. If you could not smash it down in one club comedian, please get out your backward oh. people uh, response. That would oh, be nice. Uh, is it, is it more south or north? Uh, that is um, not relevant at all. <laughs> <laughs> so not uh, a backward people there, Paul. Uh, uh, she's put you in your place. If, it, um, if, if you want a hint, it only happens one uh, part of the year. One, one part of the year. It's a seasonal thing. It's a seasonal thing? What is it? Turkey, do you think? Leftover turkey or something. Leftover turkey? Is it leftover is turkey? It, oh, no, 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 Can I guess? Got is it, yeah, is it, it, it bull's testicles? Yeah, it is. Hey! Oh. Give yourself some points, Ned. Uh, bull's testicles? Bulls, because presumably it's the time of the year when they get the snip. Oh. And they're like, well, what are we going to do with all these oysters? <laughs> ah, excellent. So Ned gets the points there. Ned gets About the time. <laughs> And it's the end of the round. What are the scores? What are the scores? <laughs> <laughs> the Quindians 
are currently trading with 10 points. The Hive Mind and the Maharanis are in second place with 15 points, and Ned Sedgwick is running away with it with 500 points. Next up is the Game Changer round. This round is about a group that rose up and defied their overlords to get one up on the man. There is only one question in this round, but it's worth double points, so if you're today's underdog... I'm looking at you, the Quindians. This is your chance to get one up on the panel show patriarchy and stick it to the man. Of course, if you're in the lead, I'm looking at you, Maharani's in hive mind, you are today's panel show fascist oppressors. <laughs> <laughs> Wangamamona in New Zealand declared itself a republic in 1988 in a show of defiance against the government's decision to move it from one region to another. Its first president was elected when his name was put on the ballot without his knowledge. After 10 years, he was succeeded by Billy Gumbot. Why was Billy Gumbot a surprising choice for president? Literally the only word I understood in that question was Billy. <laughs> I know the answer. Yes? Because he was considered unelectable. Why was he considered un- unelectable? Either he's not a human, so he's an animal, or B, he's dead, and I think it's most likely that he's non-human. Okay, he's hive fict- mind. Fictional. Sheep, fictional. Goat. Sheep. Dog. Okay. Child. Okay. All right. Shout out for the one you think it is. One, two, three. Goat is correct. He was a goat. He was succeeded by a poodle who suffered an assassination attempt and then by Myrtle the Turtle Kennard, who was, who was actually the man who ran the local garage. <laughs> the final round is our quick fire round. Teams must buzz in if they think they know the answer. Hive mind, if one of you knows the answer, you just go, buzz, and you shout it out. Which country won the last FIFA World Cup? Quindians? United States of America. Incorrect. Anybody else? No, it was North Korea. They won the ladies' under-17s World Cup. You think of the ladies' under-20s World Cup. In English, we say, you can't have your cake and eat it too. The Italians say... You can't have your wife drunk and have sex with her. <laughs> no. You can't have your wife drunk and... Make her cook. Wait, drive you home? <laughs> no. Five minds? You're Mr. Sober. You're Mr. Sober. You're Mr. Sober is a great answer. It is, in fact, you can't have your wife drunk and a full bottle. <laughs> what is the national animal of France? Cock. 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 correct. The Gaelic rooster. In China, this Hollywood movie was called A Very Powerful Whale Runs to Heaven. What was its English title? Three Willies, correct, yes. Finish this Hebrew joke. A Jewish mother gets out of her seat on the plane and shouts, Is there a doctor on board? A man comes over and says, I'm a doctor, what's the matter? She replies, My, my daughter's single. Married my daughter. Yes, would you like to meet my daughter? Which character is known as the Green Giant in Hong Kong? Yes, correct. In English, when we drink, we would say, oh, you gulped. In Germany, you... Schluck. Yes. <laughs> in Britain, a cow goes moo. Which animal goes hunk in Albania? Duck. No. Pig is correct. In England, a cow goes moo. Which animal in Korea goes boong? B-O-O-N-G. Dog. Cat. No. Monkey. No. It's a bee. And it's the end of the show! This is really quite exciting. 
Because we don't have two teams tied. We have all three teams tied. <laughs> tiebreaker, tiebreaker. Yeah, they're all three teams are tied on 25 points. Uh, we are going to have a tiebreaker question now. If you know it in the hive mind, you've just got to go buzz and then shout it out. In France, they say you've got hair on your tongue. What does that mean? Buzz. Yes? No. Yes, 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 it's what you're saying, it's what you're saying, it's a lisp. Yes, it's a lisp. It's a lisping. Are you actually French? This is what diversity works. <laughs> so some Danish antidepressants for our losers and whistling crayfishes to our winners. And I'll leave you on this thought from Russia. It is easier for the horse when a woman gets off the cart. Good point, Russia. Good point. <laughs> uh, please give it up for Paul Sinha. <laughs> Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.